Game on the line, you can bet we take them. Go black and gold, black and gold. Don't stop, boy. We trying to win the Super Bowl. We, we rock and roll, rock and roll. Touchdown, go Saints. We gonna do it some more. We, we rock and roll, rock and roll. Touchdown, go Saints. Now nah, give me some more. Now nah, who that? Who Hi, I'm TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast, and I ask that you like, share, and comment on this video. Thanks for watching. All I got to say is, who that? Hey, don't let these tears fool you. It's all dog around this mug. I'm good. Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones. And yes, I am the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. Thank you so much for choosing the State of the Saints podcast for your listening and your viewing pleasure. On this edition, we're going to be talking about a new addition to the New Orleans Saints roster, uh, wide receiver James Washington. And also going to be uh, reading your comments and questions uh, throughout the show. Um, want to give a special shout out to uh, the new listeners, uh, the new subscribers to the channel. Uh, shouts out to you. Uh, we're probably about 180 subscribers away from 10,000 subscribers. So hopefully uh, we get there really, really soon. So if you've been watching the State of the Saints podcast but haven't subscribed to the channel, I ask that you do so, please, uh, to help us reach our goal of 10,000 subscribers uh you know before the season starts but even not even if we don't reach that i still would be happy if you subscribe all right <laughs> everybody do their part uh, but hit that like button on your way in um we're going to be talking about james washington james washington uh is a young receiver he's 27 years old uh most of us know james washington from his time uh with the pittsburgh steelers he was a second round pick uh back in 2018 uh for the pittsburgh steelers and to be honest with you, it, it was pretty weird when it comes to James Washington because, you know, he was supposed to be that guy, you know, the guy to step up, you know, all the all the stuff that was transpiring with uh, Antonio Brown with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, they they draft James Washington out of Oklahoma State. Guy had the speed, uh, you know, had the the, the skills, uh, good route running ability. Uh, you know, I, I'm looking at 
you know, his, his career, you know, with the Pittsburgh Steelers and, you know, everything about him, like 114 receptions, 1,629 yards and 11 touchdowns. I mean, his first uh, couple of years, you know, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, 2018, his rookie season, you know, pretty respectable season, uh, 16 receptions, 217 yards and one touchdown. You know, like he was just trying to get acclimated. And then all of a sudden, he has this magical season back in 2019. We had 44 receptions, 735 yards, and three receiving touchdowns, you know, being opposite of Juju Smith-Schuster. And then the next thing you know, he he goes on reserve COVID-19, the, the COVID-19 list uh, on August 2nd of 2020. And uh, he got activated about five days after that. And, you know, he was out there business as usual. You know, he had two catches, 34 yards, and a receiving touchdown. And then the next thing you know, I mean, I ain't hear from him over the next couple of years. Like, it's, it's crazy. You know, like, I mean, he got signed by the Dallas Cowboys. Then, you know, they they cut him. And then he went to the Giants, and then they cut him. I'm like, what what the heck is going on? Like, the dude was pretty decent, so I don't understand it. I, I know he had uh, an a, a injury uh, that he sustained, you know, that that um, had him, you know, missing time. And maybe that was the main issue uh, as to why, you know, he he – been bouncing around the league maybe the pittsburgh still it felt like it was going to be one of those things where the receiver is damaged goods but james washington has always been a decent receiver every time i've seen uh you know the pittsburgh Steelers games he's always uh stepped up and showed up so showing up so i don't know you know but he comes to the new orleans saints uh receiver room he, he comes in with cachet he comes in you know with a respectable career so far and you know, the New Orleans Saints, I have to say this, they're doing a really good job at trying to add depth to the wide receiver position. This is a team that understands some of the woes and situations that they have dealt with when it comes to the wide receiver position uh, over the last few years. Uh, this is a team that understands that you should not just roll with guys like Alave and Thomas, and that should be about it. They understand that injuries have occurred. And there have been guys who they <clears throat> have relied on to step up and make plays. And um, these guys are unproven, guys who have been undrafted. And I don't think they want to go down that avenue again. I think that what they want to do, they want to add depth to this team. They want to give Derek Carr, their new quarterback, options. Options to, to, to throw the ball to. And if something was to happen to one of these receivers, they have somebody that can step up. We have to admit, over the last couple of years, if one of our star receivers were to go down, the guy that's next to him, we were not sure if he's capable of going over 100 yards, right? Well, we've seen guys like Traquan, when we've seen guys like Callaway, when we've seen you know all these guys who serve as the supporting cast go over 100 yards, we were kind of in shock. Throughout the last four years, you know, the only receiver we could really truly count on was Michael Thomas. I mean, we've had conversations before about Michael Thomas being the only receiver on the team. And what would happen is something was to happen to Michael Thomas. And then, then something did happen to Michael Thomas. And as we all can see, nobody was able to pick up the slack. Last year, you had Chris Olave, who you drafted, and he stepped up. He went over 1,000 yards, and he was – who you needed him to be. But I just think that the New Orleans Saints learned their lesson from last season. 
and they want to add depth. And most importantly, they want to keep Derek Carr happy. They want him to be happy and content and have guys he can throw the ball to. So if you look at the Saints wide receiver room, I don't think there's a wide receiver out there that should be sitting there and just, you know, being like, man, I got this in a bag here. Like maybe like a lobby or something like that, you know, but I don't think that even he is going to come in and be like, man, I'm a starter. I think he's going to approach this. And we all know that old saying, iron sharpens iron, right? Iron sharpens iron, right? The competition aspect of the game, you know, makes guys better. The more guys that you actually have in your wide receiver room, the better and it's how the stronger the competition. And I, I mentioned this on social media on yesterday. I said, whoever makes this rotation in 2023, they are gonna, they, they're going to have to earn it. They, they can look at themselves and say, hey, you know what, man, I, I did everything I can do to make this squad. And they should have like a sense of pride with that. And I like it. I, I like it a lot. You're going to see some guys who you probably wouldn't think are going to get cut. You're probably going to see some guys who probably ain't going to make the team as a, as a form of the active roster that you know. And I have no problem with that because, you know, for so long, you, you had one top receiver and then there's been a huge drop off. When you look at guys like that have come in, like Brian Edwards, James Washington, you know, like you see guys like that who have been on other teams and you've seen like make plays you know for a fact that these guys can come in and be a part of that rotation. Then, of course, you have Chris Olave, You got Rasheed Shahid. And I mean, you got some guys that have made plays for the New Orleans Saints last season, but it seems like the New Orleans Saints, they want some guys that are going to be some true, uh, true number ones. And they think of themselves as number ones, even though on paper they are not number ones. And I think that that's a good move. Because we know that injuries occur. We know that injuries happen. And, you know, you don't want to find yourself scratching and trying to figure out what you're going to do at the wide receiver position. So I have no problem with this. I have no problem with this at all. I think this is a smart move. I think that this is a move that needs to be made. And to be quite honest with you, I think this was a move that was a long time coming. But let me go ahead and read some of your comments. And uh, let's just go ahead and get started, see what you all have to say about the signing of James Washington, as well as other things that you may have on your mind. Uh, Keen Arthur says, hit the like button and subscribe to the SOTS on your way in. I appreciate that, Keen Arthur. Thank you, man. Uh, Big Chemo and Jerry, the OG. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Jerry sounded like somebody that's welcoming somebody to the church anniversary. Appreciate that, Jerry. Uh, Triple OG. Uh, hey, so what are we doing right now? Just giving everybody a shout out. Shouts out to all the, the members of the chat right now. Make the show what it is. I see him on a 53 bar and injury. I don't know what we're talking about that. I guess I kind of came in a little bit late with that conversation. It says wide receiver group just became deep. Traquan needs to be cut like yesterday. It just seems like everybody has an issue with Traquan Smith. You know, like I, I, I get it. Uh, you know, he's been on his team for quite some time and he hasn't been what we wanted him to be or needed him to be. I mean, he showed up every now and then from time to time. He'll make a play or uh, a uh, clutch catch. I, I'm not going to take everything away from Traquan Smith. I mean, there are times where, you know, Traquan has shown up in, in key moments where the Saints needed a go-ahead field goal or a touchdown to put him ahead, and Traquan was there. But you have to be honest. Like, that's not what you just were drafted to do. Like, just come up and clutch plays late in the fourth quarter and that be your only catch of the game. You know, you were supposed to be the guy that the Saints can rely on down in, down out. 
If something was to happen to the number one, you step up and be that guy. And he hasn't. So, I mean, the blocking ability. I, I was uh, looking at my uh, brother's social media page. I was my big brother, EJ. And he mentioned this. He said, you know, the blocking of Traquan Smith has kept him on his team and has, uh, you know, kind of, you know, has, has been a reason why he has not uh, been cut throughout the years. Right. So I don't think that this is going to be able to help him survive this time, you know, but Traquan will land on his feet, you know, if he was to get cut, you know, there's a team out there that probably go after him, probably the Denver Broncos. You know, I think that uh, Traquan Smith has something to offer a team. You know, I just think that what the Saints need right now um, is not what Traquan Smith can offer, you know, and it can't just be about you blocking on the outside. That, that can't save you all the time. You got to be able to go out there and, and make plays consistently. And that's something that Traquan has not done. And I think even last year, the writing was on the wall when uh, you had so many receivers go down and you didn't really see Traquan out there consistently. Like you, you, you look at Jarvis Landry being injured, Michael Thomas being injured. And a guy like Traquan, who has been on his team longer than any of these other receivers, you would think that he would – uh, be ahead of the pecking order but you start to see other guys out there that weren't even on a team you know back when he was drafted so that's not a good look for Traquan you know it's not a great, great look at all uh he didn't get a chance at Dallas because of his foot injury but he uh should be ready now can uh take the top off yeah I think he can not only take the top off the defense I mean the guys are really decent route run there as well and, you know, I, I like what the Saints are actually doing here because I alluded to this quite a few times on, on the podcast where I just feel like the Saints, they get wide receivers that are good at one thing and not good at a multifaceted of things. And this is something that you need, especially since we have seen injuries occur at the wide receiver position. You have that one number one receiver that can do a multifaceted of things, right? But when he leaves, now you're relying on a guy that you only signed because he had the speed to take the top off the defense. Well, what happens when he slides into that number one role and he's going up against that number one cornerback? What about the footwork? What about the route running ability? You know, so it drops off tremendously. If you can actually add guys to the team that can do a multifaceted of things, if something was to happen to a guy like Michael Thomas or Chris Olave, knocking on wood when I say this, you can actually have guys that can come in and that can fill, fill a void. Now, it's not going to fill it completely. I mean, Chris Olave and Michael Thomas are special, and they were drafted where they were drafted for a reason. It's because of their ability to be able to get separation in, in, in tight spaces, their, their ability to use their, their hands and their feet in order for them to uh, get better positioning than the corners. But you need other guys that can do this too. And James Washington can, can provide that. And uh, Brandon Edwards, I mean, Brian Edwards, excuse me, Brian Edwards can provide that. And you have so many other guys that can be able to do that as well. So the more guys that you have that can do a multifacet of things, the better uh, you have if somebody was to go down that you can still be formidable as an offense, right? And if, you know, let's just say you might have to lose some of those guys that have this ability, but at least you know the guys that have stepped up in training camp are the guys that showed that dog mentality. So much of a dog that they made the 53-man roster, and, and you better believe that we can count on them if somebody else was to go down. That is something that the New Orleans Saints have needed for I don't know how long. 
it has always been, you know, it, it's kind of like basketball for some reason. You know, like I watch, uh, you know, you watch NBA basketball, there's probably one star player, right? Or maybe two. And then you have role players. You got the guy that can shoot the three. You got the guy that can rebound. You got the guy who played really good defense. That's kind of what the Saints had at wide receiver. You had the star, Michael Thomas. Then you had, you know, a guy that can take the top off the, the defense and, you know, and, and guys uh, of years past like a Brandon Cooks or, you know, guys like, you know, um, uh, you know, Callaway was another guy. Uh, Trey Quine was supposed to serve that role too. And then you have probably a guy who was probably a little bit bigger and physical. So all these guys served like a certain role, right? But that's not going to get you where you need to be because you're relying on those guys to be healthy, you know, and we all know that when it comes to, you know, football, somebody's going to get injured. And, it, you know, it, it's just a matter of time. I mean, the, the people thinking that guys are going to just stay healthy 100% and like, it, it's not going to happen. Somebody of significance is bound to get injured and miss some time. That's just the way it goes in football. Uh, ATJ start us off right with the DA walk. <laughs> uh, uh, the DA walk. Let me see. <laughs> All right, now now, we, now the show officially has begun. Says uh, he was supposed to be the future. I guess we talking about Traquan Smith. Yeah, I look, I don't even know if he was supposed to be the future. I, I don't know that. I don't know that for sure. Because, I mean, it's not like Traquan Smith was a first or second round pick. We were drafting like the fourth round. Like, I think, let's let's just be clear about this. The the idea of Traquan Smith is paid for by the members of the Who That Nation. Like, we just thought that he was supposed to be that guy, you know, because, I mean, he was a guy that they just – most recently drafted, right, after after you uh, had Brandon Cooks and he's gone. Then you got Michael Thomas. And now all of a sudden, like, you had, like, wide receiver by committee, but no real true dog out there. I mean, you had, like, Willie Sneed. You know, like, he was out there doing his thing. But nobody really looked at Willie Sneed as a number two because, I don't know, it was like when he got that, that DUI, it was just, man, his production just dropped. I don't know what the heck happened. It's like he just fell off the face of the earth. But when Traquan came in in 2018, everybody just thought like, okay, this is supposed to be the guy. He was the anointed one. But if you look at Traquan's game, even when he was at Central Florida, there was nothing about Traquan Smith, in my honest opinion, that just said he was supposed to be an emerging star. Like he was always like, he was the guy that took the top off the defense, you know, like Blake Bortles, you know, relied on him in certain situations. I mean, and he, and he stepped up, he, he made some plays. But Traquan always had like that breakaway speed in college, right? But I, he never really, you never really looked at him and said, man, you know what? This dude about to wreck the league. I, I you know, I, I think that we just expected him to be that guy. You know, he was supposed to be that number two, you know, I guess by process of elimination. But if you ever just looked at him and um, watched him play, you, you know, there was a lot of like, you know, flaws in his game. And the fact that he actually been on the team this long is honestly a testament to, I mean, the work that he put in in order for him to carve out a lane for himself. Like him being a blocking wide receiver kept him on the field and kept him in a Saints uniform for as long as it has. 
But, you know, it's just a matter of time before, you know, there's a change in the guards. Like, you know, some of the things and some of the practices that had that that put you in a position, they're no longer here. You know, I think that uh, the relationship between him and Sean Payton kept him around. I think Sean Payton liked him, you know, as a player. But what the Saints need is not what Traquan could provide right now. You know, they, they need something more than just a guy that can block on the outside and that can, you know, block for Alvin Kamara on toss plays or running back on toss plays. Like, it's, or, you know, if somebody break away, you can get downfield. Like, that's cool, and you need that, but you also need to catch the ball and come up with some plays and maybe a couple hundred-yard gains every now and then. You know, I shouldn't be able to count how many hundred-yard gains you done had in your career on one hand. Like, that's 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 not a good look for Traquan. Uh, Kimo, it's, it was so annoying, man. When he was balling, it was can't guard Mike. Then post-injury, it was, oh, he's a diva. He got money. Uh, then quit on the team. BS, man. All I know is this. Um, Michael Thomas is an extraordinary athlete. He's a really good wide receiver. And I just think that a lot of the comments that are um, garnered towards Michael Thomas has a lot to do with fans' frustration of him not being out there. And I can understand that because – He's so talented. It's, it's almost like it's almost like Zion Williamson, right? He's so freaking talented, and, and he's not out there. And now all of a sudden, it's like, mm, you know what? You know what I'm saying? Like, man, this dude here, like, I'm just so tired of him, right? It, it's, it's the frustration. But we all see what this dude actually is. I mean, dude had, what, 16 receptions last season. And, you know, he had three touchdowns, right? <laughs> That's a high percentage. Like it's almost like a high percentage of every time you touch the ball, is you gonna score? You know what I'm saying? Or is it gonna be a big play? And it's, you know, like I said, I think it's the frustration that makes people upset about Michael Thomas, like him not being, you know, him not being healthy. I don't think it has anything to do with him as a player. And uh, we all know that sometimes, you know, some of the Saints fans, I might be shocking some of you, but some of you overreact and your, you know, your emotions are, are kind of wavering, you know, and I, I'm not going to just say it's just you. Sometimes it's me. I'm a Saints fan just like everybody else. I want the success of the team just like everybody else. And sometimes when you're in the heat of the moment, right, and the adrenaline is high and, you know, you're watching a game and you want success so badly, you might find yourself saying some ridiculous stuff that you want to take back. But we all know when Michael Thomas is on that field, he, he's a he's a competitor. Uh, he, he's definitely uh, one of the most important players on the field, and he's a guy that can make plays constantly. So I'm not I'm not mad at people for wanting this guy to be out there on the field, but I do I do want people to understand that it's okay to say, man, I, I just said this in the heat of the moment. You're finding yourself like doubling down and saying all type of stuff and you're trying to stand on it. Like, come on, man. Like, we all know how good this guy actually is. Dude is a beast. And um, we all know what it is, man. So I, I don't I don't understand it. Like, I get it during the time, but when people just out here just trying to make it seem like this dude don't want to be here, here's the reality. That argument is non and vo- void because Here's because he had a the Saints had opportunity to let him go, 
And he had an opportunity to tell the Saints to let him go. But instead, he signed a one-year deal that is incentive-laden, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, it's full incentives. So for him to, like, for anybody to say that this dude is not committed to the team, you no longer have that argument, right? It's, it's like showing up to court and, you know, somebody say, this guy shot somebody. And then all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? Like, you like, did you shoot him? No, he ain't shoot. Like, I ain't shoot nobody. And all of a sudden, they pull a gun out. And, you know what I'm saying, the forensic come back and he's got your, your fingerprints on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, the ballistic report come out. You know, like, all that kind of stuff just pointing at you. You no longer have a leg to stand on. So, for all the people that are saying that he don't want to be here, that he's not committed to the team, you no longer can say that. I mean, this, this, this case is thrown out. Because he had an opportunity to leave, and the Saints had an opportunity to let him go. And I'm pretty sure when they talked to him, they probably brought that up. We I hear this all the time, man. Shouts out to uh, you know, some of the, the, the agents that I've had opportunity to meet over the past few months. And they'll tell you, you know, like some they, they told me, um, well, at least one of them told me, said a lot when they're negotiating, I'm talking about uh, you know, the players you know, and, and the team, the players aren't there. Man, the, the agents tell the players not to be in there most of the time because it's, it's a harsh reality, right? It's a harsh reality because they, they talk about your limitations. They talk about some of the things that are concerning, and it can get really, really ugly. So I'm pretty sure that they had conversations, rather with his agent or him personally, about, man, we want to keep you here, but – we got to be honest about this, man. Two years and, you know, only 10 games in the last three. Like, that ain't, that's concerning, right? So, I'm pretty sure, like, he knows where they stand. And, and he's still signed with the team. So, anybody that's saying that he no longer wants to be here, like, you might as well just go ahead and kill that noise, right? It is, it's basically just a waste of time. He already showed you that he's committed to being here. It's kind of like when, you know, Another another situation. It's like with Jameis Winston, right? Like Jameis Winston has the opportunity to leave. He could have went somewhere else and competed. There's some there's some spots out there where he could have competed for a starting position, but instead he decided to sign a one year deal with the Saints. So regardless to what we may, may feel about the situation or how bad it may look, he still had opportunity to leave. And the question would all, always will be, why didn't he? So. What where does the lie begin and the truth end or vice versa? What where does it go? Right? At this at this particular time, if you're making these assumptions, you're just trying to create this this imagery. And to me, I'm not buying it. I'm I'm not liking the story. So sometimes we just gotta go ahead and just ball it up and just say, man, it is what it is. I was wrong, or the fact that you know he, he proved me wrong. Cause he had choices to go somewhere else. I, I don't care how hurt Michael Tom. I don't, I don't care, man. I don't care how hurt this dude is. There, there was there was a team that would be willing to commit to Michael Thomas because of the talent, the skill set, the ability that he possesses. They want some of that. So regardless of how you may feel, oh, he damn is good. Okay, you think Green Bay wouldn't wouldn't take a chance on him? You don't think the New York Giants would have took a chance on him? I mean, you, some of these other teams that, that need these wide receivers, you don't think the Rams probably would have took a chance on? Trust and believe they would have took a chance on. So 
You know, another what they say, another uh, one man's trash is another man's treasure. I'm not calling them trash. I'm just using this for an example. What, what you may see as damaged goods, another team sees that as a promising guy, and if he's healthy, he's going to wreak havoc. So I always believe in Michael Thomas. It's never been his, his, his competitiveness. It's never been, you know, the way he approaches the game. It's always been the injuries because we all know when this dude is out here, he's a bona fide certified beast. End of story. Uh, speaking of the NBA, TJ, I guess you heard about Doc Rivers being fired by the 76ers. Yeah, I heard about that, man. Um, to be quite honest with you, I'm 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 gonna just keep it 100. I'm not that real big of a Doc Rivers fan. Doc Rivers, to me, is the Marty Scheinheimer of basketball. I mean, unlike Marty, I mean, unlike Marty Scheinheimer. Doc Rivers has won an NBA Finals. I get all that with the big three and Boston and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, okay, fine. But if you look at some of the teams that he has, has inherited over his coaching career and not being able to get over the hump, I, I'm just saying, you know, like he wins a lot of games, just like Marty Scheinheimer. Uh, he can get a team to the playoffs, just like Marty Scheinheimer. But when it comes to over the last few years, almost decade, if you want to be honest, yeah, it's been over a decade. Last, you know what I'm saying? Last decade, you know what I'm saying? He can't get the job done. So you, you can't just be like, oh, because it's Doc Rivers. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it can't be like that. Like, it, even with like Greg Popovich, right? You know, with Pop. Pop has won five championships with the San Antonio Spurs. He won five championships. So it's almost like a Belichick or, you know, Bill Walsh or something like that, or, you know, a Tom Landry. Like, when you have, solidified your legacy organizations have a chance to like be like okay man we're gonna let you know we're gonna let you get through it and all that kind of stuff there but doc rivers one championship if i'm not mistaken like you got to get it done bro like so i i mean he'll bounce back somebody's gonna somebody gonna hire him because he's doc freaking rivers but to me man what what has he done over the last decade besides be doc rivers you know, and been living off that big three championship back in, what, 2008? I don't know. I mean, kind of mediocre if you ask me. Uh, let's see. Uh, just wondering, will uh, Mike T be ready for training camp or will him and other starting wide receivers be allowed to play in preseason games, maybe get some chemistry with Derek Carr? Uh, Linda, I, I guarantee you right now these guys are practicing off the record or they're probably at the facility practicing right now as we speak. They're, they're going to find a way to get some work in. And that's why a lot of these teams don't really just worry about with these guys with training camp because they count on the quarterback, the receiver, or the running back, or, you know, linebackers, especially like when they're like seasoned veterans, guys that have been around for quite some time. They count on these guys to, to operate as professionals, and they don't really count on these guys like to play in preseason because I guess they feel like they're already an open book. Um, when it comes to like Michael Thomas, I'm, I got I, I got mixed emotions about this because you want him to be healthy, right? And playing in games that I want to look. I, <laughs> I hope Jim Moore ain't watching this. Games that in theory don't matter, <laughs> uh, like preseason games, you know, and, and risking him possibly being injured. You know, I can understand that. But at the same time, we have seen no matter if you try to protect guys from preseason or not, 
if a guy gets hurt, a guy is going to get hurt, right? If a guy is going to get hurt, a guy is going to get hurt, right? And also, last season, we seen a high percentage of quality players, or what the NFL called quality players starters, who were getting hurt early in the season. And, and people felt like they had a lot to do with them not really truly being in game shape and sitting out during preseason. So it, it's almost like, you know, I mean, it's almost like damn if you do, damn if you don't, right? Um, if they decide that they wanted to play him a couple reps in preseason, I'm not too much, I'm not mad at that. But imagine how you would feel if he goes out there and he tweaks something. But, you know, it can be the same thing in week one. So I'm I'm not I I, I can kind of understand both sides, right? You want guys to get reps and develop chemistry. At the same time, you want that guy to be available in week one. So what do you do? You know, what do you do with that? That's 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 a tough decision, but you got to do what you got to do. But I'm pretty sure those guys are getting some work in together in some capacity. TJ, is it fair to uh, for us to place expectations on our players based on where the organization drafted them? Uh, the players aren't in control of where they're selected, so can we really put that on the players? Um, I think I, I put it to you like this. Um, I think that when you're drafted, you automatically become a symbol of hope. I don't care where you're drafted, right? You got A.T. Perry that was drafted in the sixth round, right? But everybody's going crazy about where he is and where he's going to be and everything that he did at Wake Forest, right? It, it, it's it's the, the symbolism. It's the semiotics of it all. It's this guy coming to our team can change our fortune. So there should be some level of expectations. But I think that we have to minimize certain expectations of guys. I don't think, like, it, it just seems to me sometimes some fans, and I'm not just talking about same fans, I'm talking about, like, man, filling a blank. I feel like if a guy that you see, he comes in, and he's a first round or a second round or a third round pick, and all of a sudden, like, he ain't hitting the ground running. Like, his first game, he if he a running back, he ain't running for almost 100 yards. Or if he's a wide receiver, he ain't got two touchdowns in the opening game. All of a sudden, like, we wondering what's going on with the guy, right? We, we don't take into account that those guys are going to go through growing pains. Those guys are going to go through, like, little, you know, rookie issues. They're going to hit the wall. There are way more uh, NFL games played than college football games. You know, there, there's – there's wear and tear on the body. You got the best of the best uh, going up against uh, you every single week. And I just think that we automatically just, you know, I don't know. We just automatically just, you know, criticize the people, you know, criticize the guys for not being what we want them to be right away. Um, but when it comes to production, you know, when when you see it, Right. When, when you've seen it, like, for example, if you have a really good quarterback and this quarterback is lighting up, lighting it up, you seeing them light it up. The team is better. The chemistry is great. And then all of a sudden, like he falls off a cliff. Like, well, you set this expectations. Right. I feel like when it comes from college to the pros. It's, it's, it's you know, it's night and day, but we have the expectations of what we saw in college. 
And we think that what they did in college is the same thing they're going to do in the pros, but it don't always happen like that. And also, I've been telling people for I don't know how long, we fall in love with these highlights. When we when these guys get drafted, the first thing we start doing is we go looking at their highlights. Keyword highlights. So we get ourselves all excited and all bucked up. <laughs> and, and, oh, man, this dude about to tear the league up. Man, you seen what he did? Like, and we don't take into account the entire body of work. We don't, we're not looking at the scouting report. We're not looking at some of those games where they probably struggled and why did they struggle, right? We start getting mad because we seen his highlight tape and his highlight tape got us all excited and his production as a pro ain't reflecting it right away. So I do think that we need to practice some level of patience when it comes to some of these players. And also like kind of, uh, you know, and also understand that, you know, it's a work in progress. Some guys are going to hit the ground running. Some guys are going to be overnight success. And then you're going to have guys like Jalen Hurts, right? Jalen Hurts developed, worked hard, you know, got with some good, got with a good team, got with a good quarterback uh, coach, and got himself, you know, into and got himself and molded himself. That's the word, molding himself into a really good quarterback and arguably the best one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So, you know, you gotta like. Now you just got to kind of relax when it comes to like certain expectations. I think a lot of times we find ourselves getting angry is because of what we wanted these players to be and what they, what they look like in our mind. You know, Adam Troutman kind of puts me, you know, comes to mind when I, I think about that. Adam Troutman is one of those guys who came into the league, really good pass catching tight end in college. And we just thought, including myself, uh, we was like, man, this dude can be, you know, a Gronkowski type guy, right? And then all of a sudden, like, he ain't Gronk. He more Josh Hill than than Jimmy Graham, right? Or, <laughs> he, you know, and all of a sudden, like, that ain't good enough. So get this, bum off my, get, get this bum out my face, right? So, yeah, I think a lot of times it's about the expectations that we have for a person, a player. And then all of a sudden, you know, then all of a sudden, you know, if that person don't pan out to be like that, Oh, he'll bump. But hey, uh, it's crazy that people been saying Mike T doesn't want to be here. Mostly the media putting this thought in people's head. Yet you never heard any signs from Mike T himself. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it's about it's about content. Um, number one. Also, it, it's about storytelling. You know, it don't have to be true. Like you know, you, you can kind of. Fill in the blanks, right? That's that's what they try to do. They try to spin, you know, they, they try to spin it or stir the pot. And um, it, it, has, it has given them success doing so. You know, some of the things that these, you know, talking heads, including myself, say don't necessarily be accurate. You know, it, it, it's proven to be untrue. You know, but, you know, at the same time, they want to put that on your mind to think about these situations, right? Whatever it, that situation may be. And it's the same way when it comes to a guy like Michael Thomas. Like Michael Thomas never said that. It's like, you know, he puts out a tweet in frustration and we just kind of fill in the blanks. And what I have learned that, and I'm not, un, I'm not unapologetic when I say this, Saints fans will jump on the squad, the organization first, 
before they take the side of the player. I don't know if it's just the fact that we, you know what I'm saying, we don't want to look at the organization in a certain light, but it just seems like if the organization, it seems like the organization is always the ones that's trying, right? They always the ones that are doing their best to try to make sure that the player is accommodated. And when we look at tweets and stuff like that about players complaining about contracts or the way that the medical staff is performing their duties or, you know, certain things is like, oh, they're a crybaby. And then all of a sudden, like, we just join, you know, in on the organization. So a lot of the times when we see those talking heads talking about a player, we just automatically just start jumping on a player because we don't want to. We, we we don't want to accept maybe the organization is doing that player dirty, you know, like and maybe the response that we're seeing, um, you know, is because of what the organization has done, you know. So a lot of times I just feel like maybe just maybe we need to look at all sides. Like, why would this per like think about this? The organization gonna always be there. The organization like. The organization is always going to be there. They're going to always, you know, fill the Superdome. They're going to always fill uh, Lambeau Field with, with people, right? They're always going to be around. But the players, if they say something, that can jeopardize their bottom line, jeopardize their future with the NFL, but they're willing to go on social media and vent their frustrations. You ever just thought about why would they sacrifice or be willing to sacrifice that. And what would drive them to that point where they're willing to not even look at their bottom line to let you know the practices of the organization? I think sometimes, you know, it's guys, you know, upset, you know, and maybe logic hasn't kicked in, but sometimes I just feel like it's a guy that's at his breaking point. But just because a guy says something on Twitter, you know, and you know, we probably take it out of context or we draw our own conclusions about it. Don't mean that it's true. I'm just I'm just letting you know. That ain't always the case. Uh, I believe we will break our franchise. Uh, let me see our franchise season win record this year. Uh, that's man. That's some wishful thinking right there. I'm not one of those people that look at a roster and be like, man, this is going to happen. I, I don't know. I thought that this team was going to be pretty decent last year, pretty good last year, and it didn't happen. So I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer. I, I'm not. I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer. Uh, if you're excited about the team, cool. I have, look, you know, great. You know, but at the same time, I, I need to see this thing happen. I need to see this thing in real time. I need to see this team winning consistently. I need to see this team not getting in its own way. I need to see better coaching decisions before I'm like fully in like I won't say fully invested. I am fully invested, but to be fully convinced that this team has turned the corner. I, I'm I'm not doing it. I don't know how to be quite honest with you. I don't know how many games the Saints are going to win. I know how many games they should win, you know, looking at this, looking at this uh schedule. But do am I confident that they can do it? Not as confident as I've been in years past. Did the Saints sign a rookie quarterback? Yeah, they signed Jake Hayner, a quarterback out of Fresno State. Uh, last year, he had 20 touchdowns, three interceptions, a 72% completion percentage, has really good touch on the football. Um, it was about 5'10", 
know, drawing comparisons to Drew Brees, I don't really see that, to be honest with you, uh, besides the fact that they're around the same height. Uh, but, you know, you can't just, you know, look past and gloss past the fact that uh, this guy is completely accurate. And I do feel like if Jake Hayner was a little bit taller, you know, I think that he probably would have went earlier. I think he probably would have been a late first or a second round pick. To be quite honest with you, I'm saying this. If he probably was a little bit taller, he probably would have went ahead of Will Levis. For real. I, I really, truly believe that. I think that his height played a huge role in him dropping to that fourth round and the Saints picking him up. Uh, you got a full game, not highlights. Yeah, you got to have it. You got to have a full game, not just highlights. And look, there's nothing wrong with highlights. There's there's nothing wrong with that. Look, I have made some highlight packages throughout my time. But you also got to be able to look at some of the struggle games, right? You know, I, I always do that. Like, I, I go back and I watch highlights, of course, but I also go back and watch some of the games where the team was struggling and how that player responded. Like, I'm looking at how this player was playing. Like, was he giving it his all coming off the line of scrimmage at a wide receiver? But was he giving it his all, you know, uh, trying to fight, trying to get that sack, trying to get the ball back into the hands of the defense? You can tell a lot about a player when they're trying to overcome adversity versus them grandstanding and hot dog. And I'm, I'm just going to be real. The best, the best footage that you can find, you know, are some of those uh, good moments, of course, but in, 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 a, in the face of adversity, you can find what you really have. Uh, I think the Eagles didn't know what they had in Philly. Um, I, don't, I don't know exactly who we're talking about uh, with this. Um, who are we talking about? Who, who, um, who, the, who, do, who does the, the Philadelphia Eagles have? Uh, you're right, TJ. See what they have on the field, play ball. You're right about highlights. Who that family? Yeah, I mean, look, there's nothing. I'm telling you, there's nothing wrong with highlights. I'm not here to poo-poo on highlights and be like, man, man, highlights, trash. Like, no, 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 no. Get yourself excited. Get yourself, you know, fired up watching guys. That's cool. But at the same time, don't be afraid or shy away from the, some of the things that they they lack and, and things they're going to have to work on in order for them to reach their full potential. And sometimes, once again, we're looking at these highlights and we're not looking at the limitations and asking ourselves, has this guy improved from the college level to the pro level with some of the things that are, are making me upset? I mean, sometimes you can go back and watch some of that footage and some of the things that are making us upset, <laughs> these guys just never worked on or uh, never been able to fix. Only person I have high expectations for in this draft is uh, Kendra Miller. Um, look, I got high expectations for Brian Brissy. Uh, look, I got high expectations for Isaiah Fosky. Um, Fosky, I, I got high expectations for guys like Jake Hayner. You know, but even though I'm looking at Jake Hayner year two, year three, and when I'm talking about those expectations, but look, all these guys, you know, I got certain expectations for. I'm not expecting for Brian Brissy to be Aaron Donald in year one. I'm not expecting for Fosky to look like Nick or Joey Bosa. But you want to see something that that gets you looking forward to their development, right? But when they don't give you anything and you're wondering because they're injured or you're wondering because when they're playing, when they can't play, they're a healthy scratch. You know, 
I mean, it, it don't have to, you don't have to be a rocket scientist. You pretty much know I'm talking about Peyton Turner here. But all I'm saying is you want to be able to see something in a guy that you feel like they can build on and give you and have you looking forward to them playing next week, playing next year, or playing the next five to ten. Right? But if they don't give you anything, I can understand frustration. Especially like when they're a first or a second round pick. Uh the league Troutman played in looked like a men among boys. I think Adam Troutman gonna be better in a Denver Broncos uniform than he was with the Saints. I think that Adam Troutman is gonna be one of those those players that we get mad watching because we're gonna wonder why he couldn't do this for the Saints. I'm telling you. Uh don't, don't be surprised. Cause I don't for, number one, I don't think he's that bad. Um I I the it's not surprising that he wanted to leave. And I wish I could, I wish I could steer you to the right video. But I remember last training camp, somebody asked Dennis Allen about Adam Trauma. And the response that he gave wasn't one that you just felt like, man, I, I see this dude stepping up, making play. It was kind of like, well, you know. He, you know, like he has to do better. It, it was like something like that, right? But it was, it was something. I wish I, I, it was, it was one of those training camp. I don't know if it was like maybe like the first three or four days or something like that of last year, but it was clear. If I got some time, I'll go, I'll look it up and I, I'll play it on the next episode. But I'm telling you, like the way that he was, when the way that he talked about Adam Troutman was not the way that you would hear a coach talk about a guy who is going to make the team or a guy that you look at as being a, a an important part of the offense or defense, you know, like he didn't, he didn't sound like that. Uh, Hoodie Jew, thank you very much for the 499 says TJ, uh, who you have making the roster wide receiver. I have Mike T, Alave, Shaheed Edwards, Washington Perry, uh, Shaq D, uh flowers or oh, maybe traquan yeah i mean to be quite honest with you hoodie i haven't thought about it i haven't thought about it um because things happen you know like i i think all these guys have like really good qualities and what the saints are actually looking for so for me to actually put like guys out there like i mean thomas and Olave, like they, I, I think they're pretty safe um, I think Brian Edwards is safe um, because he's a he's a Derek Carr guy. I think Shahid is safe. Uh, the other question, like who's going to be those other two guys? You know, is it going to be At Perry, uh, Shaq Davis? I look at him more as a practice squad guy. Um, Flowers, I look at him as more of a practice squad guy. I, I definitely look at him as a practice squad guy. Now that I feel like if Washington is a part of this rotation, then yeah, I, I look, that means that he going to go back to his uh, kick return, punt return role. So if that's the case, then Flowers going to be the odd man out. So um, you can possibly put him on the practice squad or you can probably release him. But if you have Thomas, Olave, Washington, Edwards, and Shahid, like I said, Shahid gonna go. Uh, he's gonna be that that kick return. He's gonna he gonna be that guy. So there's no necess- You don't necessarily, you don't necessarily uh, need him. You don't necessarily need flowers. So, you know, flowers is is more like a luxury. You know, but if 
if it didn't shape up the way that it did, because you would have Alave and then you have Shahid, then I think there would have been a spot for him on special teams because now now you have to make a tough decision. Like, do you want Shahid to be a, a part of your wide receiver rotation because he's developed uh, through – you had a really good offseason and he's building off what he did last season. So now you have to ask the question, like, do I want him back there returning kicks or, you know, risking being hurt or, you know, like, should we just put him back there? So I, I just think that, you know, Washington adds a different element, you know, to this whole story. But I do think that he's going to be a part of the roster. And if Washington can find a way to make this team, then I, I can definitely see, um, you know, Shahid going back to his special teams role. I think Saints fans going to get mad watching Marcus Davenport. Y'all be trolling him hard. I don't, I don't understand why people trolling Marcus Davenport. Look, the man had injuries. I'm pretty sure if you ask the guy like, man, I wish I, you know, I wish I went like, do do I wish I was injured? Of course not. Do I w- wish I could have been a player that y'all wanted me to be? Of course. I don't have an issue with Marcus Davenport. I, I don't have an issue with him at all. I, I Even, you know, even a comment that people were trying to blow out of context. Dude didn't say anything about the Saints or, you know, kicking them boys on his way out the door. He was extremely grateful for the opportunity. And he's extremely grateful for the opportunity to be in Minnesota. But it's just... The guy didn't pan out to be what Saints fans wanted him to be. Now, all of a sudden, like, he's public enemy number one. Like, I, I don't understand it. Like, it just didn't pan out. I want this guy to have success. I mean, look, the guy has been through a lot. The guy has given his body to the game of football. I mean, he even gave him a, uh, given a finger. And I'm not saying this to, uh, as a joke. I'm just being serious. Like, when just imagine you walking around having all of your fingers, you know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, like you have to cut one off because of a game called football. Like, come on, man, dude giving his all. And sometimes like, it just, it just happens that way. It, it just happens that guys get injured. I don't, I don't wish bad on him. I hope he has success. I hope he has a lot of success. I hope he gets double digit sacks. And I, I mean, look, and I'm hope I'm one of those people like, man, I wish he could have done that for us. I want this for this dude. I don't want to see like I'm not one of those I'm not one of those onlookers and you know and, and fans that just look at a guy who used to play for the team and I just want him to look terrible everywhere he goes because he didn't look good for the Saints. Like, nah, nah, I'm not like that, man. I want this man to be successful. This man got a family to feed. He got a a wife. I think he just recently got married. I mean, he got kids. Man, you you want to see these guys be successful. Think about that, right? You know, like <laughs> if you have a boss or whatever, you you tell a man, look, um, you know, I'm about to go ahead. I'm a, I'm a think I'm gonna go somewhere else, or you get fired, right? And he says on on the way out, we gonna let you go, and I hope you never find success. I hope you never find a job that pays you remotely the same money that we paid you here. You're a waste of time. You're a waste of space. You know. Like, think about that, man. Like you want this guy to be able to provide for his family. Did he? Did he not look good at times? Absolutely. But that don't mean I want him to continue to look like that. He just wasn't. He just didn't pan out. But you know, it, it just it just happens, man. But I'm not wishing this man any ill will, and I hope he finds success in Minnesota. Maybe by him finding success in Minnesota, he can find himself as a football player. Because I, I do feel like looking at this guy. Like, 
as a person that suffered with anxiety and depression and, and stuff like that, and still do from time to time. I can tell you, man, a lot of what I've seen on the field had a lot to do with more psychological than, you know, anything that was bothering him as far as his extremities at all. I, I promise you. I think the confidence played a huge, I think, it, you know, the psychological aspect of of it all affected him more so than any injury did. Why is Traquan Smith still on the team with all of the wide receiver talent that the Saints have assembled? Because uh, they're going to, I mean, look, you you can go into camp. You got, you know, 90 guys out here, you know, like, so <laughs> he's on the team because, number one, he still can contractually obligated, right, to be there. The Saints have to pay him because, I mean, he signed a contract. Now you can cut him, of course, but, I mean, give him opportunity to go out there and compete. Uh, TJ, that was my biggest issue with the Who That Nation turning on Mike T. We weren't wide receiver purgatory, and Mike was the only consistent and productive guy, even when the defense knew he was the target. Yeah, man, I was I, I talked a little bit about that in my new article on uh, gumbopiesports.com. Check it out. It's the most recent article that I put out um, talking about the uh, wide receiver room. I, I talked about that uh, in detail. You know, uh, Michael Thomas uh, has been the is-all and the be-all of the Saints offense, you know, before the injury for at least two and a half, three years. And, um, you know, I just think that – I just think that people are more upset about him not being available than him not being committed to the team. I just think that sometimes when we get upset and emotional, y'all know how it go. When you get upset and emotional, sometimes your mind wanders and it creates things that ain't even there or aren't even true. Right. You know, like you ever had like a, a, a disagreement with your significant other or, or a friend, man, you know, he, he ain't called me. She ain't called me. She probably ain't calling me because she probably talking to that other dude over there, or vice versa. You know, like, man, y'all know how it go. Or, man, he, 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 ain't, he ain't calling me because he know he wrong. She know she wrong. Like, come on, man. Y'all give me a break. Like, sometimes, you know, we create these things because we, we want this reality so bad. We want the reality of Michael Thomas being the best wide receiver in football like he was back in 2019. And now that we ain't got it, and it's becoming frustrating, our minds start to wander. We start questioning his commitment. We start questioning, is he really hurt? We start questioning, is he making excuses? That's just the way that it goes. That's life, man. But look, I believe in this guy, and I think he's an extremely talented wide receiver, and I don't think that, you know, these injuries that he have, you know, is you know defines like who he is as a person and as, as a player. Because when he's out there, man, he matters a lot. Man, TJ, do not hype up these players not on the roster anymore after downing them the whole time they were under here underachieving. Yeah, okay, here's the reality, all right? Why are you trying to uh, back me into a corner? Because, you know, there's always one jackass that always comes in that tries to, you know, try to make it seem like I'm saying something that is not. Two things can be true here, brother. Okay. Two things can be true. You can be ultra critical or critical of someone, but you don't have to wish ill will on them. Right. Night. I think by making that comment like this, you're a jackass, but do I really, what I want to, 
you know what I'm saying, wish ill will on you? Of course not. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can always go to another show. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can always try to, you know, troll some other show, right? But I don't wish no ill will on you. Peyton Turner, Marcus Davenport left a lot to be desired. That part is true. But if they go somewhere else, am I saying, oh, man, they suck. They terrible. Don't ever be good nowhere else. No matter where you go, no matter where you go in this world, no matter where you play at, you're going to suck and you ain't never going to be nothing. What kind of sense does that make? When I'm watching something on the field, when I'm watching guys not getting it, being able to get to the quarterback, when I'm watching guys that are being a healthy scratch, of course I'm going to document that. So if I say like you smoke like brisket, burnt like a biscuit, did they not get smoked like brisket, burnt like a biscuit? But am I saying, oh, man, they, they don't need to start nowhere else? Like, miss me with that nonsense, bro. Like, seriously, two things can be true. A guy can struggle and you can criticize that particular point of them struggling. But at the same time, you can not wish ill will on them. But to me, that's just a jackass move right there. I think you know that, but find somewhere else to troll. Cause that ain't it, bro. Uh, question, my brother: How many wide receivers do the Saints usually keep on a roster at the start of the season? Normally, keep about six. They normally, uh, yeah, yeah, they normally keep about six. Um, I know, like, man, PB, get out of my chat, though. Get out of my chat. Uh, mod- moderators, uh, have that boy exit stage left. Exit stage left because these these are these are the jackasses that I just can't stand. People that don't understand comprehension, no, their comprehension skills are trash, absolutely trash. They're one of like they're one of those people that you know only come here because I mean I don't even know what the hell this is, but they come here and because they don't have the talent. Or or the ability to enunciate to be able to create their own lane, they want to sit up here and try to criticize yours. And at the same time, look, how many times, like, think about this. How many people married up in here? How many people in relationships? How many times has your wife, your husband, your boyfriend, your girlfriend have been critical of you about something that you're doing? But that does not mean that they don't love you, they don't appreciate you, they don't want to see you do well. How many people do that? But I guess if I'm saying, oh, Marcus Davenport has been injured over the, over his time since 2018, since the Saints drafted him in the first round, he, man, he's left a lot to be desired. He can't get to the quarterback. He's been struggling to do that. If I say Peyton Turner, who came into the league, what? What you came, 2021? You know, like he's been a healthy scratch constantly, right? I want to see what this dude can do on the field. What is he doing? Why is he, why is he getting to the quarterback? Now, all of a sudden, I guess I can say that, which means that since I'm saying that, I don't never want to see this dude succeed ever in life. I don't never want to see this dude, like, be a good player. I guess that's what that means. I, I'm honest, like, honestly, man, seriously. I, I be wondering sometimes, like, what in the world are people thinking? What, what are you thinking? That, that makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, maybe some people think like that, you know? You know, maybe, maybe you know, if somebody critical of you, you just feel like they just, just want you to be, 
you know, want you to want you to die or something. You know, like, come on, man, give me a break. Let's see. I don't know why I think this year's team is better than last year's, but I had more confidence last year. Um, well, I hate to say it, that's not saying a lot, but um, look, I think that last year's team probably would have been better pending, you know, everybody for the most part stayed healthy. I think you probably would have got maybe one or two more wins. Maybe, you know, made it interesting towards the end, really interesting towards the end when it came to the division. But look, everything about this season, everything about this record, everything about what we're seeing right now is telling us that the Saints should be successful. And if they're not, somebody needs to go. That I will, you know, look, I've been saying this and I'm going to continue to say it. He has been uh, escorted out of uh, <laughs> close sugar race. Yeah, get get that bum out of here, out. Get him out. I, I look. I can't look. Call like number one. I have no problem with anybody calling me out, but basically saying like that that was a troll job. If somebody would say to me, you know, TJ, and I, I said this, and I, look, I said it on hoodie show. I said. That Jalen Hurts, probably the worst take I ever had in my life. Jalen Hurts is going to take a step back in 2022, right? If somebody came up to me and said, TJ, you remember when you said this about Jalen Hurts? I can't do nothing but own that. I can't. But when somebody's saying, like, basically is insinuating that I want a guy to fail because he's no longer with the team. And and I shouldn't, I can't, I'm I, I can't, what I'm caping. Because the guy, you know, the guys didn't pan out when I spent most of the time talking about them. Was I, was I like, am I just sitting there talking about guys or can everything that I'm saying be backed up with facts and truth? So when I am critical about Dennis Allen as a coach, everything about Dennis Allen, when it comes to his record, when it comes to the decision making, when it comes to the teams that he's been through, he has not found success or the playoffs. Am I lying when I say that I should be that I am skeptical of how he can coach this team and lead them anywhere. Am I well within my rights to think so? Am I well within my rights? Are you well within your rights to, to be hesitant and reluctant to embrace the 2023 Saints after what you've seen from this, this coach and what he has done, right? Or even with the team. Last year, we were extremely excited about the team. It looked good on paper. So, shouldn't, like, are you well within your rights to feel reluctant that even though this team looks appealing on paper, you still want to put it together? What Does that make sense? Does that make sense? I think it does. But instead, man, TJ, man, 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 you talk about DA. Man, DA, man, you you don't know what you talk about, bro. Everything that I'm saying about with Dennis Allen, as of right now, as of May 16th at 3.49 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, can be backed up with research. <laughs> and and, and my, from, some, from some angle, some facts. You know, like he has not made the playoffs as a coach. He has yet to produce a winning record as a coach. So if I say stuff like that, like it's true. Like how can you dispute that? TJ, people have a if is not red, it's blue mentality, man. They conflate being critical of sometimes as hating them 
or wishing ill will against uh, them because they perform unfavorably. Very uh, childish. No, that's that's the modern world that we live in. People, people don't understand that you can be critical of someone and still value them as a person, value them as a player, or want to see them do well. They they just can't. So if like if somebody struggles and you bring it out, man, I mean, come on, man. If you've been rocking with the state of the Saints, you know there've been times where Drew Brees struggled in games, and I'll call it out. Man, you a hater. You ain't no real Saints fan. You ain't real. You fake. You a phony Saints fan. Drew Brees struggled in a game. I I bring it up, right? But I'm a hater because I'm bringing it up. That please, bro. I'm, I, I promise you, man. Anybody, if I'm ever on this mic and I have a booger in my nose, all right, and it's it's, it's so noticeable, and I'm so in in the middle of what I'm saying. Please, somebody in the chat say, TJ, you got a booger in your nose. Don't be like, oh, man, that's my dog, man. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to say nothing to him, you know, but he do have a booger in his nose, though. He got that book, Man, that thing hanging. Please, pretty please, let me know, okay? If I'm out here looking weird, please let me know, right? Don't just, like, like your, your allegiance and your respect for me is not conditional, right? I ain't going to call you a hater for telling me I got to blow my nose. Right. I'm not I don't feel like I'm a hater because if a guy is struggling, then I call it out. Like to me, you're a moron if you see a person struggling and you feel like if I say something that I ain't no real fan or I ain't true to a person like, man, the way some of y'all y'all move in 2023 is uh, is hysterical. Absolutely. Positively hysterical. For real. It's hilarious. But please don't have me out here looking funny. Uh, shouts out to my guy, Derek Augustine, man. Y'all, shouts out to Derek, man, uh, from uh, All American. He's in the chat. Shouts out to the brother, man, doing really good work out there in Hollywood. Good brother right there, man. I'm telling you, it's a matter of time before that boy hitting the stage doing this. Uh, shout out to Derek, man. Every, every time you come up here, man, look, that, that's that's that boy intro right there. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, man, the guy, man, shout out to Derek, man. He's such a great actor. You know, it's a matter of time before, you know, he he's nominated for a, a, an award. OK, just make sure you don't slap nobody, man. We want to see you come back. We want to see we want to see you come back. <laughs> we want to see you come back to the award shows, man. <laughs> and, hey, man, good brother, though. Good brother. Um, I love my saints, uh, but I can tell the truth about them and say so. Yeah. I mean, look, that's just the way that it go. That's just the way that it goes sometime, man. That's just the way that it goes. It's okay to be, it's okay to be critical. You know, like there's nothing wrong with that. You can still show love. TJ, you got a boogie in your nose. I knew it was coming. I knew somebody (laughs) I know somebody gonna say that, man. Uh, let's see, TJ, did you go to Jazz Fest? Uh, no, I did not. I didn't. I didn't go to Jazz Fest, but I plan on going to my fair share of games, and, and hopefully, I get down there to the training camp. Um, I want to try to get down there to training camp. Um, I've already, uh, already have made some accommodations to actually do uh, a show, a podcast, uh, for one of the Saints' home games. 
uh, at a uh, at a restaurant on the West Bank. So when I get all that together, man, I'll let y'all know. But I, I definitely want to go to my fair share of football games um and uh and and also just meet some of the members of the huda nation that make this show uh what it is you know shout out to you uh let's see tj i'm like morgan freeman when it comes to troll i got the hand and the nail <laughs> yeah man look i appreciate that shouts out to the moderators in the chat okay shouts out to the moderators in the chat going hard you know doing they doing they due diligence being that morgan freeman that i need him you smoke crack don't you Look at me, boy. Don't you smoke crack? <laughs> ain't nobody, ain't nobody uh, saying anything or doing anything today. Well, uh, actually, PB did, but you know, I just wanted to play that. That's that's that new soundbite, man. That we just added, man. The uh, Morgan Freeman lean on me. You smoke crack, don't you? Added that to the to the rotation. People just like to be del- delusional. Yeah, they they try to be delusional. Look, man, you can't knock me off my stoop straight up you can't knock me off my stoop because look if somebody tells me something that i said I'm, look i'm gonna own up to it straight up so what can you do with somebody like that or you know like like i'm gonna call you out if you you're on that nonsense which homeboy was uh, i'll be kicking it uh Lante taylor when it comes when he comes to la he said we will do uh big things this year man shouts out to Lante taylor man and that, that's 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 what's up right there, man. Look, I like Alante Till. I think that he gonna take a huge step forward. I already think he had that dog mentality, man. He just had to put it together. So I think going into his second year, he gonna be pretty. He gonna be pretty doggone good. You know, he he reminds me a lot. It's crazy. He reminds me a lot of Eric Berry. They, to be honest with you, man, the way that he plays, the way he flies around the field, the energy that he comes with, you know. It's ironic they went to the same school, but that's who he reminds me of. I don't know if Eric Berry had a, how um, instrumental he is or how often he talks to Alante Taylor. I'm pretty sure he talks to him because they went to the same college, but I see a lot of, of, of Eric Berry in that dude. TJ, my guy, good show trail was happening. Appreciate you. Uh, Taylor needs to be cornerback number two. Man, I still believe in Paulson the Debo. Had a little bit of a down year. It's going to take more than, you know, giving up a touchdown to two to me for me to just say this dude just just slow i mean we were singing this dude praises and and and, and having that one hand snag against the Ari- i mean the atlanta falcons in this rookie year on repeat on social media and all of a sudden the dude let one pass get behind him against tampa bay and you know and then oh my i'm sorry you know like he he got beat by jamar chase like how many other players then got beat by jamar chase give me a break like you know but Look, I, I, I'm not ready to give up on a guy like Paulson Debo yet. You know, I think that Paulson Debo is only scratching the surface how good he can be. He's a smart player, and I think that a lot of what what he was going through was that ankle injury that he sustained early in the season. I think that kind of, I think that kind of, you know, affected his his ability. But I mean, he's going into his second year. I I just hate that. I just hate that. You know. Man, a, a guy goes from toast of the town and all of a sudden, like, he can't be fixed. Like, come on, man. Like, that, <laughs> what we seen from this dude was some pretty some some pretty good stuff. Then all of a sudden, like, you know, a, a couple of plays or two don't go his way, and all of a sudden, like, get the bum out of here? Like, come, like look, I'll I, I, I take Paulson to Debo. I'll take Paulson to Debo on my team. I like when the sophomores want to show everyone – that we are better than rookies and now the best vets. 
Let's see. Uh, big three at cornerback. I think that I think Paulson Debo gonna be much better. I'm telling you. Uh, Paulson good, but it seems like Alante is better. Uh, better. Well, he might be better, you know. But just because he might be better, don't mean that Paulson Debo is terrible. Like Paulson Debo, to me, you know, is 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 good. I think he a good cornerback. I think that. I think that when we look at cornerbacks, if they don't resemble Revis, <laughs> if they don't resemble Dion, you know, or you know some of these other lockdown shutdown corners that they have out here, then all of a sudden, like we just look at those guys like they just trash. But everybody can't be a lockdown shutdown corner, you know. But I mean, but that don't mean that they ain't fighting and competing every game. That's what I'm saying. Like when the dude came into the league. All of a sudden, like we just wanted to do to be locked down, right? We we just had this this vision of him being a lockdown corner because the same drafted him. So because the dude, you know, gives us some plays from time to time, now all of a sudden, like our expectations of what Paulson Adebo is supposed to be is the reason why we don't like the dude. But like I said, we was playing that one hand interception that he caught in that Atlanta Falcon game on repeat. Like all 2021, right? Oh man, look what he doing. Look what he doing, boy. B, look at that one hand snag against the Falcons. Man, look at that snag. Look at that snag. You know, like, and all of a sudden, and I don't know what happened, man. He ain't good no more, bro. What happened? Man, put put Alante in. Like, come on, man. Like, I like Alante Taylor, but come on, man. Everybody go through growing pain. I mean, we seen, you know, and. I don't think you get no better than Marshawn Lattimore. He was out there getting posterized and burned by Justin Jefferson, but you know, he he top five cornerback in the league, in my opinion. So I don't care who you are, guys gonna get the best of you, right? These wide receivers are freaks of nature, right? So <laughs> so it's just a matter of time before your your number is called, right? Jalen Ramsey, another guy. Yeah, I mean he. Oh, he he gets smoked every now and then. So look, it happens. It happens. It is I don't care who you are. It, your your time is coming. Your time is coming. I mean, we've seen Revis. Revis out there getting posterized by Moss. We've seen it. We've seen Dion, you know, getting out, getting out there, getting worked by Jerry Rice. We've seen it. Right. And I don't think he on any of these guys' level. So what you think gonna happen to him? It's gonna happen from time to time. Uh, it's really all about uh, who wants it more. It just looks like Alante wants it. Yeah, I mean, I think he wants it, but who's to say that Paulson and Debo don't? I think, look, I really feel like this. We fall in love with characters. We like characters. We like guys that are, that are outspoken. We like guys that, that come with a certain level of energy, and we put those guys ahead of other guys because they're so outspoken. Like, like, like CJ Garner Johnson, like smoke Monday, smoke Monday ain't played a snap for the Saints, but it ain't a show that goes by when I'm talking about the safety position, man, what about smoke? What about smoke? All because smoke Monday passed Mercedes Benz stadium and said, y'all going to have to see me twice next year. And y'all seen that. And then all of a sudden now he's a fan favorite. Because Alante Taylor, when he speaks, he's more outspoken. And then when you see Paulson Adebo, he gives you more of the nip and tuck, politically correct banter. Ain't really just 
a guy that's just all up in your face, we just automatically just look at that guy and just be like, man, Taylor wants it more than a Debo. I do not believe that. I don't believe that Elante Taylor wants to be a starter in the National Football League more than Paulson Adebo. I think that Elante Taylor's personality shines a little bit more than Paulson Adebo. I think that we like Elante Taylor because of his personality, and we have seen that on countless occasions and more than uh, Paulson Adebo. We see him out there on the field, and he's a little bit more you know, animated than Paulson Adebo. And I think with that, we just give him the notch. I mean, this Paulson Adebo is going into his third year. His first year, like, to be honest, his first year looks like Elante Taylor's first year. The first interception that the New Orleans Saints got in 2022 was for Paulson Adebo. No, 2021, excuse me. 2021 was Paulson Adebo. He caught the interception on Aaron Rodgers. This man was the toast of the town. The interceptions that he caught in Atlanta, the same energy. That we saying that Elante Taylor is coming with, we said the same energy with Paulson Adebo. My question is, is Elante Taylor just a shiny new toy? Is he is he Buzz Lightyear to Paulson Adebo's Woody? If you watch Toy Story, you know what I'm talking about. Woody was the, the toy that Andy had first, and then all of a sudden, in comes Buzz Lightyear with all the bells and whistles, and all of a sudden, now Buzz Lightyear is his favorite toy. So what is it? Is it the fact that Elante Taylor is the more new, shinier toy and Elante Taylor, I mean, and Paulson Adebo is just a guy that, you know, just goes to the back of the line? I don't know. That's all I'm saying. So what, what happens? Here's a question. Not saying that it's true. And then we'll get up out of here. What if Elante Taylor second year looks like Paulson Adebo's second year? Then what are we going to say? Are we going to say, man, Debo, man, I mean, we going to treat him like a Debo? Man, Lante Taylor, he ain't that good. Man, Lante Taylor, he stink. Like, what are we going to do? So, on, like, this guy's going into his third season. And the first season, like I said, he looked not, – no, I'm a, I take that back. He looked better than Lante Taylor in his rookie year. Go look at Go look at it. Go look at his rookie season. There's a reason why we had expectations for Paulson Debo going from his rookie year to his second year. Ain't nobody was saying Paulson Debo get this bum up out of here. Ain't nobody was saying Paulson Debo ain't got what it takes to be a starter. Everybody was anticipating this dude being a starter. Now, all of a sudden, the Saints in the second round draft Alante Taylor, and he comes with a level of energy. And he had what? He should have had three interceptions at least. Right? And of course, like, the energy that he brings on the field and, and, and also the sound bites that he gives. All I'm saying is let's pump the brakes on, you know, deciding what Paulson Adebo is going to be and what Elante Taylor is going to be. Like both of these guys are really young and they haven't really established themselves. So that's pretty much all I got to say. All right. That's all I got to say. Just put a little something on your mind. Thank you all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Really do appreciate it. Shouts out to everybody here. Shouts out to everybody in the chat. Shouts out to everybody listening around the country, around the world. Thank you so much for making the State of the Saints podcast what it is. We got a Gumbo Pod podcast coming up this evening, uh, live, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
I will be talking with from the athletic with the Indianapolis coach, James Boyd. All right, James Boyd is a, a cool guy I met at the combine. He covers the Indianapolis coach. Going to be chopping it up with him, talking about the Indianapolis coach, talking about Anthony Richardson, talking about some of the things that uh, you know NFL fans should expect from the Indianapolis coach, as well as some of the questions from the, the AFC South. So make sure that y'all check that out. And it's extremely important because we all know that the Saints play the teams in the AFC South this year. So if you're a Saints fan, you might want to check it out. Uh, might give you some information that maybe you can look at while we're watching some of these games uh, when the Saints take on the AFC South. So make sure you check it out. James Boyd from the Athletic uh, out there in Indianapolis uh, going to be our guest on the show um, on tomorrow. Want to give a special shout out uh, to someone uh, that <laughs> this might make some people mad. This might make some people mad, but um, uh, Isha, you know what I'm saying? Isha, if you uh, covers the Dallas Cowboys, we're going to be talking about the NFC East on the Gumbo Pie Sports podcast tomorrow afternoon. We're going to be covering the NFC East and going to be talking about some of the additions to the Dallas Cowboys, man. So the Gumbo Pie Sports podcast, a little bit of a different vibe. You know, we talk about not only New Orleans Saints, but we talk about <laughs> the NFL in general, man. We talk about all different types of uh, subjects as well. It's a great pro- man, it's a man. I'm in, I'm really enjoyed doing the Gumbo Pie Sports podcast, and those that been checking it out, I hope that you all enjoy it too. But stay the Saints podcast always number one in my heart, you know. And uh, make sure you subscribe to uh, the channel, uh, YouTube.com. Search the State of the Saints podcast, and also the Gumbo Pie Sports podcast. Uh, you sit, you just search uh, Gumbo Pie Sports Podcast, and both podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. Uh, and um, also, you can check out uh, me on Twitter if you want to interact at TJAY Jones8. <laughs> I see the chat right now, like Cowboys, Cowboys. Yeah, man, we look, we got to cover everybody, man. We got to cover everybody. Because that's what the gumbo pot is all about, man. And uh, man, I love I love sports. So, yeah, we're going to be talking to a cowboy fan, man. But she she mad cool, man. Met her at the combine too. Does a really good job covering the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, man, she's passionate about sports. Y'all y'all see y'all see. Uh, but till next time, all I gotta say is, who that? Hey, don't let these tears fool you. It's all dog around this mug. I'm good.